Good evening, and welcome to Cinema Death Vault. I'm your host, Adam Bolger. Tonight, we have gathered here to discuss the film. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once is playing in theaters now. This is a first for my podcast, which was uh, started under uh, during the pandemic, under COVID restrictions, and the whole premise of it was that uh, cinema was dying. And it still might be, that still might be true, but, you know, now it's dying in a less uh, obvious way, I suppose. But in any event, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is a movie currently in theaters starring uh, screen legend, uh, Hong Kong film star uh, Michelle Yao uh, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. The film is, uh, it's an A24 film, and if you know what A24 is, they're this, uh, the studio that puts out kind of like... Um, Independent-ish, you know, lower budget, uh, kind of more um, uh, precocious, I guess. Uh, I want to say quirked up, <laughs> kind of more quirked up movies. I mean, they make some terrific movies. Like they put out Uncut Gems, they put out Hereditary. Uh, I think they did um, Midsommar, which I love. I mean, you know, they most of the good movies that are kind of semi-popular come out are A24, but it's very much like. Their aesthetic is like secondhand uh, Michel Gondry and um, uh, Wes Anderson. And that secondhand quirked up um, fussy shit is all over everything, everywhere, all at once, which is a movie. I I did not enjoy this movie, Uh, but I'll give you a quick uh, sum up if you haven't seen it. So it's about like Michelle Yao plays this woman, Evelyn, uh, who... um, she, she she owns a dry clean. She was a, a Chinese immigrant, a Chinese American immigrant who opens up a, a dry cleaning slash laundromat place with her husband. That's kind of failing, and um, it's getting audited by the IRA, I, IRS. <laughs> now she's not in trouble with the IRA. No no provost or anything. Um, so she's being audited by the IRS, and that's a big plot point. Even though it sounds like an, un, an a useless detail, but you know. Uh, and her daughter uh, is gay. Her daughter is in a, le- is in a lesbian relationship. And um, Michelle Yao's father uh, is coming to visit. And they're trying. And she, the way it starts off in the movie, she's trying to hide uh, her daughter's, um, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Sexual preferences, you know, or homosexuality, I guess. Um, you know, from the, the more staid traditional grandpa, but also sort of in a state of denial about it herself. Like she doesn't want to admit it to herself. And then, um, in the course of the movie, it, it's all about multiverses. So there are all these different versions of Evelyn and she keeps slipping between different multiverses and she's able to kind of access different, um, memories and abilities and, um, physical characteristics to a certain degree from, other versions of her in uh, other universes. and But it turns out that her estranged daughter um, is really the villain behind everything. And uh, the, like her daughter is like, wants to destroy the entire universe. 
and Evelyn who's kind of a space cadet, uh, you know, give, given up on life kind of lady, um, who with a lot of regrets and, uh, uh, you know, she's, her job is to spo- it's to save the universe all of a sudden. And like, you know, it's always kind of like, um, you know, it's like a science fiction, but very like, um, and they're, they're ambitious special effects and things, but there's some definitely like some, you know, like quirked up, um, Michelle Gondry kind of like, um, what's that movie where Jack Black, uh, like they remake movies on videotape. Um, I forget the name of it, well, you know, but it's like cute, cutesy and a little bit like, um, steampunkish or something like, you know, like the, there's like, like, I think like, um, like a guy, like he's supposed to, <laughs> there's, they have a high tech device, but looks like a colander on his head, you know, like a colander with lights, kind of like, um, what Rick Moranis wears in Ghostbusters. But, um, it's not, I, I really, I dislike this movie. I, I went to go see it because I w- I saw the trailer and I love Michelle Yao and she's pretty good in this movie. Uh, she, you know, the movie doesn't really serve her very well, but she's pretty good in it. And, uh, you know, she can't help but being good. Uh, and, um, I saw the trailer and I thought like, you know, I was like, all right, so this is going to be like some science fiction movie, uh, science fiction, Kung Fu thing. And maybe, but a little bit of griminess. Oh yeah. So the directors, the Daniels, um, I think this is maybe their first feature film together the first one this budget in any event so their previous credits include the turn down for what video by little john uh little john sorry i, I pronounced little like i was um who's the the white guy from the 60s who's saying isn't that a shame i was like that guy anyway um so kind of this grimy aesthetic uh kind of like neon lighting and um uh it kind of it kind of looks like um uh like you know it 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 has like a messy aesthetic and it kind of looks a little bit lived in um and i thought it'd just be i thought it'd be good i mean i was intrigued by the premise and i saw the trailer i i decided not to investigate too much i decided to go in not knowing a whole lot and just be like okay it's this you know science fiction thing and a little bit a little bit of like grimy kitchen sink reality but uh and michelle Yao, you know and, it's, and there's kung, kung fu scenes in it but what i didn't realize and i should have investigated this because i you know i went with my friend and it's a really long movie it's too it's overly long like the first maybe like hour it 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 feels like okay but it's uh, 140 minutes it's a two hour 20 minute movie that does not earn that length at all um, and it's just in love with its own cleverness and, and just, it's not, it's not merely boring. It's like, it's, it's annoying. It's irritating. Uh, so I brought my friend and I, you know, I was like, Hey, I'm going back to going out to the movies. It's going to be a big thing. I returned to the movie theater, uh, you know, and it's a social occasion. Um, and I, you know, I caught my friend catching his, you know, checking his phone. He's an adult man. He's, you know, uh, an educated guy with good taste, but he was like, still like checking his phone. He's, you know, he could tell that he was kind of just checked out of the movie, you know, about halfway through and just kept on going there. There's, uh, one of the many, many kind of cutesy, clever touches that the movie has as a fake ending, maybe about two thirds of the way through where there's like a movie within the movie. And like, they say like, you know, and they roll the credits 
and it kind of feels like though you're watching like okay this movie should be over like and I, I know i feel like there's some kind of chicanery afoot because you're leaving a lot of dangling plot threads and the this is a downer ending but you know and so then you know then the rest of the movie presses on but this is the thing this is um so what I didn't know much going into the movie, but it, uh, this the whole thing came clear. It's sort of like the the last scene in um, Usual Suspects when the uh, when he sees the Kobayashi thing on the coffee mug and it smashes on the ground, and he realizes you know, the whole thing was a you know this ruse, this cleverly constructed ruse, or thinly <laughs> thinly constructed ruse. You know, um, it's a Marvel movie. It, it's a fucking Marvel movie, and I had no idea. I mean, I went to it because, in part, I wanted to see a movie that would be an alternative, an alternative to Marvel movies. But this is a stealth Marvel movie. It's and not only in style and in uh, its problems and in, you know, its drawbacks, um, but uh, in it was produced by... Uh, the Russo brothers, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. So when the credits rolled at the, when the real credits rolled at the end, I saw it produced by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. I was like, ah, oh, Jesus. It was like the scales came down from my eyes and like the whole thing came into focus. I'm like, this is a, this is a Marvel movie with no Marvel characters, but it's the same quippiness, the same, uh, treacly sentimentality and the same sort of, um, audience flattering, uh, uh, like, like, you know, audience flattering kind of pablum. Like it's, you know, so it's, it's a movie it's designed to make you feel good about being anxious all the time and not, you know, <laughs> it's a movie, it's a movie that's supposed to be about like, you know, oh no, you're, you're, you know, your life is, you know, shitty lives are great. Yeah. You know? Uh, this is not my observation. I wish it was, but um, Leslie Lee on uh, the Struggle Session podcast said it, you know, because at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, so, you know, it's she starts, Michelle Yeoh starts the movie with like this lady who's unhappy with her life, and then um, at the end of the movie, she just learned, she's just, it's, she's back in her life, but has a better, you know, attitude about it. <laughs> Nothing much has, you know, changed. She's like, yeah, my daughter's gay, and, you know, my husband kind of sucks or whatever, and you know, here's, here's what we do. It's worth it. You know, it's love or whatever. Um, and so it's like, so yeah, it, in the matrix, like Neo doesn't go back to a shitty job at the end of that movie. That movie is about fucking face melting. Uh, it's an attempt at like face melting, mind bending, um, going big. It's not, it's not like hiding behind. This is a movie that everything, everywhere, all at once a movie that hides behind cleverness and irony, and it's so impressed by its own cleverness that it it it's just like this hollow film, man. So, like the thing, so the husband is this. Oh Jesus, yeah, I forgot the fucking husband. So the husband is played by is his. Uh, so I get this guy's name. I think that might is that. Oh, shoot, I'm sorry. I should have looked this up before. Oh yeah, so K K Hu Kwan. And the whole movie, um, whole the whole. This is the other time the scales fell from my eyes. All right, so Ke Hu Quan, uh, Vietnamese actor, or Chinese Vietnamese, I guess. But um, whole movie, I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, I guess this guy is kind of familiar. They're act, and the movie sort of, it feels like I'm supposed to know who this guy is. 
And, you know, I'm like, is this kind of like some guys in like uh, the a third string guy in like a bunch of Jackie Chan movies or something? You know, is he like somebody I don't know? I mean, there's, you know, I like Kung Fu movies and stuff, but there's a limit to what I know about them. Um, I probably, you know, know a little bit more than like the average person about Kung Fu movies and stuff. But, um, you know, I still only know like maybe, maybe at the most like 10 guys, you know, I'm sure there's, and I'm sure there's like an 11th through 60th guy, you know, I'm sure there's like a, you know, some guy like a Gerard Butler, you know, a guy who kind of sucks, but you kind of like him and he's good in two movies and they're great movies, you know, or whatever. Like, there's a, he's in the 300 of, um, of Hong Kong cinema, you know, uh, he's not Gordon Liu or whatever, you know, but he's like, you know, but he's like a, a guy that you kind of like, you know, I'm sure there's a guy like that. I'm sure there's plenty of guys like that. And I still don't know. So I'm like, okay, let's do one of those guys. You know, that guy is kind of a legend. I don't know. But then I come home. I'm like, who is this guy? And it's fucking short round. It's fucking short round from uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, and the the annoying uh, gadget asshole in The Goonies. Um, and he, so he's a, the child actor who played like annoying, ingratiating, annoying um like like i'm gonna i don't know if it's racist i don't know maybe it's definitely annoying and it's like, like he's like oh no dr jones like that really like eager to please puppy dog bullshit you know it's like uh where you know he just like is some like tiny little theater kid and he just wants to like lives through the fucking applause and it's so you know it's so annoying and he's like just and, uh, and you know, it's obviously written by like um, people. Don't, people aren't that conversant, let's say, with uh, Asian culture, <laughs> the rich nuances of Asian culture. So you know, he's like just in the 1980s has all the stereotypes of like Japanese and Chinese and Vietnam, you know, whatever. Every every stereotype of every thin stereotype of Asia uh, that that whatever. Anyway, so it's him, and I couldn't believe it because because that thing I'm saying, what I was saying before about his like child actor eagerness to please, it carries over with him as an adult actor, and he's doing that same fucking short round shit in this movie, and and so the whole like emotional core of the movie is supposed to be like that Michelle Yao, she like um, she regrets her life, and then over the course of the movie. You know, she finds value in it. Part of this is that, so like they emigrated from from China. Her husband's guy named Waymond, all right, Waymond Wang, and so she goes to him to America. They open up a laundromat, and they have a daughter. And then she feels like she's a failure, and she's gonna divorce him. She's gonna serve him with divorce papers. But then over the course of the movie, it's like she realizes that he's this. Um, <laughs> you know, love is the answer and he loves everybody and she should love him. And that's, that's the answer to the movie. And, um, and also, you know, and so she should be more like him for all of his like ingratiating, annoying, uh, actorly ticks that lack nuance, you know, she should be more like him. <laughs> and then, you know, then she could understand her daughter and be like a better parent or the fuck it is, you know? Uh, and it, it just, it drove me crazy. Cause I didn't like this guy when he was a kid star. I really like, I know 
I I, ne- I didn't like the Goonies when I was a kid. That was the first movie where I was ever in a theater where I was like, why why do you why do people like this? Like, what this is so fucking dumb. And I was a kid too. Like you know, I was, I have the, the reverse of nostalgia for that movie. It's annoying to me anytime I think about it. I think it's like one of my brother's favorite movies. <laughs> I think I saw it with him. So, um, and Temple of Doom, which is a pretty good movie. I like that one. You know, that one's fun. But he is by far, by far the worst element of it. Um, you know, and it's so annoying. It's like grating nails on chalkboard. So you have to bring back this guy. Of all the guys you're going to fucking bring back. And in this role, like, you really, it really was calling out for somebody who could stand toe-to-toe with fucking Michelle Yeo. Like, you need somebody like, you need somebody like Jackie Chan. You need somebody like fucking Sammo Hung. You need, like, that guy who has a presence and has a history in movies or, you know, that we, that when he walks on the, on screen that we know, okay, he looks like, you know, he looks like this, uh, uh, you know, drip. He looks like a fucking drip, like a you know nothing guy. But we know that's really Jackie Chan. That's really like the guy that fucking, you know, that's that's a Rumble in the Bronx super cop motherfucker. And he'll pull out kung fu. And even though like, you know, right right now he seems helpless and flailing, but you know he's gonna pull this shit together and Jackie Chan it up, or Sam Hung. You know, uh, so that's one thing. But also maybe like if it was Sam Hung, who's kind of, he is kind of more of a menace. Uh, Jackie Chan also he Jackie Chan does that ingratiating shit, but he's you know super charismatic and amazing. You know the, one of the greatest, one of the greatest who ever did it, maybe the greatest who ever did it, Jackie Chan. Um, but yeah, he's eager to please. But you know, but anyway, Sam Hung would be better because then there'd be maybe a little. There's some menace and darkness to him. You know, um, there's more of an interiority. To Sammo Hung, and so if he was the husband, which would be great, you know, you have Sammo Hung and fucking uh, Michelle Yao, and then maybe like yeah, so they're falling apart. And there's a there's a thing in the movie, like one of the emotional things that she goes to this alternate universe, and it's one where she she never married her husband, and she's like way more successful and wealth. She's like a wealthy. She's basically Michelle Yao in this universe. Like she's like a beautiful, celebrated kung fu movie star. You know, who wears like beautiful gowns and is the center of attention and, and rides and limos and stuff. Um, and it's all, and, you know, and, and it's like, and the, the idea is that it's represents choices that she made. And that if she had made this choice, to like not go with him to not marry her husband, she would have been much better off. And that's almost like an interesting, brave plot. Cause you, if you're going to like follow through on that idea, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting place to go. You know, that's an interesting fucking idea. And if that's going to be the movie, then that's like, oh, that's interesting. And you can really go someplace with that, you know, because then, and maybe like, maybe this movie, you know, it doesn't need a happy ending. Maybe like love doesn't have to conquer all. <laughs> Not to be too cynical, like, you know, but um, I believe in a thing called love, as the song says. Uh, but it then it, beca- it has more, drama and weight and suspense instead of just like you're waiting or like the plot of the movie and again i'm sorry i wish i had not listened to the struggle session podcast before saying this because they made a couple key observations that i can't help but reference because they're re- they're really sharp like um leslie lee uh he said that you know he observed that so at, with despite all like this like there's a lot of like quick 
frenetic um, sci-fi plot bullshit, you know, and that's, that's a very Marvel movie pacing. Like, Oh no, we got to get from here. You got to jump out of here to get to that thing. And we got to get to that thing for that thing. And then da 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 you know, um, like it's like kind of like a, a video game, but <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you're always on a quest. You're always on like a fucking quest. And, uh, you know, now you got to fight, you know, whatever it's like, it's flat, you know? Uh, and, um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize to all my, all my listeners out there hanging on my every word. Um, uh, yeah. So it's like that Marvel, Marvel movie kind of frenetic thing. Um, it doesn't quite have the quips. Oh, but it does have like that, but what they, they don't do like verbal quips, but they do is like visual jokes. So it's like very, um, oh yeah. So R- Leslie Lee's point was that like, so all these things happen, all this like noise happens, right? And all this noisy plot and all this science fiction mumbo jumbo shit. Uh, but then really it was all like, it doesn't matter in the end. It's a dream sequence. You know, it could be like a dream. Like she had a dream about this shit and then she wakes up. She's like, oh, I got to accept my gay daughter. <laughs> That's the plot of the movie. Like all that wheel spinning that they did earlier. And, you know, it could have been nothing. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. It's like, there's no tension in it. Because the whole thing is like, it's about, you know, different universes and stuff. And um, I thought it'd be an intriguing premise. My friend, my friend Patrick, who saw it with me, uh, he, um, like, right before he went in, he's like, yeah, I wasn't, uh, you know, it looks like the multiverse thing. It looked pretty, you know, not kind of dumb. And I was like, and it was, it had never occurred to me till that moment. I'm like, oh, is that dumb? Because I used to read comic books as a kid. And so I think that I still can get took. I still can get hoodwinked by them, by the, you know these comic booky things. You know, as I have this groundwork of stuff from it from when I was a kid. So this idea, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a very clever idea. You know, a lot of promise and whatever. Then you see it, and you're like, oh, nothing matters in this movie. <laughs> nothing. It just all is wheel spinning, you know. And there's some, there are some like great, well shot sequences. It's like this beautiful sequence where it's like. Michelle Yao, like her head stays in the same place in the frame and they keep like cutting to different places and stuff. And it's nice. It's really good. I think one mistake I made was not going to this movie stoned. I think that might help the movie a lot. I mean, but then like, you know, when, then we really, the problem though is then like the, the treacly um, sentimentality of it would feel just overwhelmingly irritating you know when he really wanted to be like face melting and kind of a little scary you know <laughs> like you know somebody's a, a head is a swarm of bees you know you know um well yeah says so that like marvel movie frenetic energy it doesn't have confidence in its premise it just keeps like tacking on all this cleverness and it's very like very again less or less of the observation um very Rick and Morty. It's all about like, and so it's all these like dumb. So they don't do quips. They don't do like little like, um, you know, sarcastic little iron ironies. You know, like hey buddy, can I take a selfie? Whatever, whatever bullshit they say in Marvel movies. So they don't do that, but but they but they instead they do like visually visual humor that's clever. Oh, and it's so tedious. Like I mentioned Michelle Gondry before, like the fucking um. Uh, what's I'm blanking on all of his fucking movies. Oh, he did the Green Hornet. I was gonna say like yeah, because uh, my first I wrote an intro or I thought of an intro before. It's like it's a thought exercise where 
um, Michel Gondry uh, directs a kung fu movie, and but I realized he made the Green Hornet, which is kind of like a kung fu movie, and it wasn't good. So we've already seen how that thought exercise uh, turned out. He did um, oh um, the Jim Carrey movie with Kate Winslet, um, uh, someone someone the. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is a terrific movie. That's a Michelle Gondry movie. And this movie has, it feels like that. It has that look and kind of feel of that movie. Um, that like kind of handmade special effects kind of cutesiness. But that's actually like that movie has some depth and some little bit of menace, you know. Uh, that has some darkness to it. And that one commits to its premise. Whereas this movie just r- runs away from it at every chance. Like, so you, um, you can tell like that it, you can see like the pitch meeting for this. You can see the whiteboard like in the, in the screenwriter's room for where this all composed, like all their, you know, clever ideas that just killed it in the pitch room. Like, you know, Oh yeah. What if you, they had like fucking hot dog fingers. What? Oh man. But then what? Hey, that's going to be, like the emotional, yeah. Like so, they go, there's some universe. They have like hot dog fingers or something. Everybody's doesn't have regular fingers. They have fingers that are like hot dogs. And then later, that's like the movie. That's like the universe where uh, Michelle Yao has like a lesbian relationship with Jamie Lee Curtis. And then that's kind of where, how she learns through that experience to like not hate gay people. I, so if the, if the movie had like courage about its premise, it would have just had like two. You just need two, two possibilities really. Like, um, oh fuck, what's that? So there's a really good movie, uh, a Polish director. It was remade with a with Gwyneth Paltrow called Sliding Doors. Let me get the name of the original movie. Here we go. Sliding Doors. Da 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 da. Yes. Oh, Blind Chance. Yeah. It's it's sort of like Blind Chance, which is a terrific a terrific uh Christoph Kosowski movie about you know, and it's about two you know, it's like the the central thing to the movie is you see what happens if this little change was made. Like I think if it's like if a woman gets on a train, if she makes a train, she misses a train. And um you know, and then like it shows this this story so you could have done that but instead you have like a thousand different possibilities and once you have a thousand different possibilities like you have zero possibilities the movie just doesn't fucking work there's no emotion there's like no no way to it doesn't matter uh and, and yeah that's everything everywhere all at once i would say don't watch it if you do if you do watch it go go in with very low expectations and understand it's going to be a fucking marvel movie it has that tone that sort of celebration and mediocrity and that nervous energy and just this inauthenticity at its core like you know like it and it's weird like this so it's about like chinese immigrants but then like the whole plot is like an everything bagel like as a central element of the movie and it's like well isn't couldn't you found something some chinese that's fucking round you know or so you know malaysian or whatever Oh yeah, they have all these like tedious little things, and they're in love with their own cleverness. Which over the course of two hours and twenty, two hours and twenty minutes, it's just like it's like um, 
It's like, it'd be like being like locked in a closet with a young Jerry Lewis who's on coke, you know, and he wants, and he really wants to marry your daughter or something. And you know, keeps thinking of stuff and you can't leave for whatever reason in this nightmare scenario. <laughs> um, so I'd say don't watch it, but if you do go in with very low expectations, I say smoke weed, um, be ready to fast forward. Um, be ready to fast forward because there's a lot of stuff that just gets a little tedious. I don't know. Or maybe, you know, if you're stoned, maybe it's like, okay, you just drift off and like start, you know, doing something else, looking at your fucking phone. <laughs> this, the action scenes are not terrific and uh, not worth it. Yeah. So I'd say stay home. Um, watch something else or, you know, go to the park, uh, you know, don't, don't stay home. Like go, go off and have your own little adventure. <laughs> Maybe just don't, you know, don't go to the movies and see this movie. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's been wonderful talking at you as always. And now I'm going to go do something different. Good night.